This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. to the Cleveland Guardians fan cast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us at Quincy Wheeler one or at Guardian fan cast on Twitter. You can email me at Quincy at guardiansfancast.com. The Guardians lost a series to the Yankees. They took one of the games, so that was nice. They're still over 500, but they lost a heartbreaking loss on Wednesday afternoon to lose the series. It's always tough to lose to the Yankees. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate the fact that the Yankees have beaten the Guardians in the past three playoff series that they've played. I just despise everything about it. I hate how the Yankees always find guys like Franchi Cordero, who nobody else can figure out, and suddenly he's hitting bombs off the Guardians and other teams around baseball. I hate it. It just seems to happen all the time. I hate how the Yankees are so entitled and think everything should go their way, as we saw with the call, return call of a missed catch. I hate Yankees fans. Just hate everything about it. So that is behind us. Now it's time for some relaxing therapy. Let's just work through our issues together and remember what's important. So first of all, Josh Bell. Josh Bell's had a rough start to the season. Everyone knows that. Everyone's aware of that. He has a 12 WRC+. plus. He has negative 0.6 war. It's about as bad as things can be. Now remember, Josh Bell's worst month every year of his career has been April It's the only month where his WRC Plus has been below 100 for his career. Obviously, this is as bad as it gets, but he's not this bad of a player. He's going to figure it out. Remember that it doesn't matter how bad you were at the beginning of the season. If you're who you usually are at the end of the season, that's what matters. So Josh Bell could end up with a 75 WRC Plus for the year. But if he's on 120 WRC plus at the end of the year, that's all that matters for a playoff run. Now, these wins matter. Obviously, the Guardians had to figure out a way to continue to win ballgames with Josh Bell struggling. And obviously, if he wasn't struggling on Wednesday, they might have been able to win that game, probably would have won that game. So I don't want to say those wins don't matter. But as long as the Guardians can hang around and continue to get wins, continue to Uh, make it possible for the team to hang around in the division race and in the playoff race while players like Josh Bell are struggling, you should buy yourself some time for him to figure things out. And he will. Josh Bell will be fine. Josh Bell will be fine. Josh Bell will be fine. Now, another thing that might concern us is that Jose Ramirez has not hit a home run yet. Uh, And I have to say, this is one that kind of gets me 
in the dark places of my mind sometimes, wondering if the thumb surgery is still affecting him, wondering if he's developed bad habits from last year. However, it's important to remember that right now, Jose has a 451 slugging percentage. He's got a 122 WRC+. Plus. So I wouldn't be too concerned yet. It is worth noting that his expected weighted on base average is 309, which is the lowest of his career since 2015. But again, it's only 13 games, so you can't read a lot into that. I suspect that it is partially still getting back from his thumb injury. But if given time, Jose Ramirez is the kind of player who will always figure things out. Jose Ramirez will figure it out. Jose will figure it out. Jose Ramirez will figure it out. Now, it's depressing to see Savali and McKenzie on the injured list. Who knows when Savali will be back from an oblique injury. That can be tricky. But things sound positive for Tristan McKenzie to be hopefully able to rejoin the team by the beginning of June. That would be a big boost to the team. A great thing was to see Peyton Battenfield look so good against the Yankees. I know last year I had given up on Peyton Battenfield because of his drop in strikeouts, because it just didn't look like he had the stuff to be in the majors. And then I was informed by someone that the team had asked him to work on a lot of his secondary stuff throughout the year, which affected his overall numbers. And you can clearly see the effects of that in the game against the Yankees. He had that cutter working well. He looks like a viable option for a back end of the rotation starter. Also, I think Xavion Curry probably gets his chance to start, and he's hung in there. Move Hunter Gaddis to relief. I think it works a lot better for him there. He seems to be good for an inning or two, and then things typically start falling apart on him. So have his fastball play up a little bit, see if he can get that changeup working in the relief role, and go with Battenfield and Curry for a little bit. And then by the end of May, you may see Tanner Bybee in a role with the team. Hopefully, please, Sack can figure it out. At least his fastball was up there in the 92 range. The Guardians know what they're doing with pitching, so we've got to remember the Guardians' pitching will be fine. The Guardians' starting pitching will be fine. The Guardians' starting pitching will be fine. Now, I know some folks are concerned about Emmanuel Classe. Uh, he's had some uh, rough outings here and there, giving up a few hard hits. Uh, team and he's not necessarily throwing 100 miles an hour all the time. Uh, that isn't something that Guardians fans are used to. They're used to Class A being absolutely dominant no matter what, not a guy who's got negative 0.1 wins above replacement and an expected fielding independent pitching of 406. That's not what you expect from Emmanuel Class A from our experiences with him in the past. But it's important to note that Class A also is typically a slow starter. In March and April for his career are by far the uh, worst of the months for him. His career FIP, his career expected fielding independent pitching in March and April is 332. So he's still over that, but that's a lot more than what he typically has throughout the year where he's typically hanging out in the mid two uh, range of XFIP. So 
I wouldn't be too concerned. I'm sure they're working on some things with him to get him all stretched out, keep him healthy for the whole year, get his pitch mix right, working with new catchers. Emmanuel Classe and the bullpen will be fine. They will be fine. The bullpen is going to be effective. Emmanuel Classe will be fine. Now, I know folks are also concerned about Ahmed Rosario, and, the, and I wrote an article describing how he is not the right choice to bat second. He's got a ground ball rate that's a good 10% higher than the average ground ball rate for a major league two-hitter. His walk rate is about half of what an average major league number two hitter is, and his WRC plus is 96, and the average major league number two hitter, depending on the year, is 110 or 115. So teams throughout baseball are having better hitters hit there and hitters that don't hit the ball on the ground as much, which is why Ahmed ends up in so many double plays. But just remember, Ahmed is going to hit better here soon. Ahmed Rosario is not this bad of a hitter. Ahmed Rosario is also not going to be as bad of a fielder as he is right now. He is notoriously a slow starter as well. The team is not just going to have under below average production from shortstop all year long. They know that Ahmed's going to figure it out. He's going to be out there hustling, getting hits again before you know it, and annoying fans that understand that it's probably best if the team moves on. But remember that Ahmed Rosario, for his career in March and April, has a 66 WRC+. plus. Right now he's at 46. So <laughs> don't be surprised. This is who he is. Ahmed Rosario needs to move out of the number two hole, but Ahmed Rosario will be fine. Ahmed Rosario will be fine. Ahmed Rosario will be an average major league player. The other thing that's frustrating is Tito continuing to bat Josh Naylor against left-handed pitching. Let me just tell you, this will not happen throughout the whole year. It might continue for another month or so, but Tito is not going to continue to let Josh Naylor be half of an average major league player against left-handed pitching. You'll see him get subbed more against them if he can't figure it out. The goal is to see what he could possibly provide if he can figure something out. I'm sure the team has things they're trying to get him to work on. So they're going to give him the beginning part of the season to figure that out. And then if need to, he'll be more of a platoon player and he'll provide that great bat against right-handed pitching. Tito will figure the Josh Naylor situation against lefties out. Tito will figure the Josh Naylor against left-handed situations out. The other thing that people are frustrated about, I know, is three catchers on the roster because Tito hasn't been as aggressive with pinch hitting those guys. Part of it might be that Zinino's turned out to look pretty good at, at the plate. I just know the three-catcher experiment isn't going to last for that much longer. Might even end today, who knows? Uh, but I know that Valoria, Gallagher, and and uh, Zanino aren't going to be on the roster for that much longer. In fact, Tito said that pretty much in an interview recently. You'll see Richie Palacios, Tyler Freeman. You'll see them get some at-bats. You'll see Bo Naylor brought up maybe towards the end of May, maybe when Tristan McKenzie comes up. I could see that happening. So just know that the roster situation will figure itself out. The roster situation will figure itself out. I promise you the roster situation will figure itself out. Nobody's running away with the Central Division. Twins are playing well, but nobody's running away with the division. Guardians have some games here against some really bad teams, so hopefully they can start to right the ship, start to hit some home runs, start to 
really run around those bases, get some runners in. I guarantee their season isn't going to be full of just leaving entire villages on base. Just hang in there, Guardians fans. And remember, the team's still over 500. Things are fine. Frustrating games happen. A lot of joy and a lot of fun games are ahead. So hang with this team and enjoy the payoff as they reach new heights of success throughout the rest of the year. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.